Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing, okay? Are you glad for the summer? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hallelujah. So if you couldn't get to Florida, you got a little Florida today. Isn't that good? God is good. Uh, before, before I minister a word to you uh, this morning, um, I want to bring before you uh, a gentleman who has actually been in our congregation for some time. Um, came here as a college student, and now is going to be on his way to San Francisco, California, uh, to pursue some new, new things. And so uh, we'd like to uh, just pray for him and uh, give him a chance to share something with you if he has something on his heart. His name is Zach Hodges. I'm going to ask him to come, and he's going to just uh, share something with Zach. Good to have you, Zach. Want to say something? You can say something. And we're going to pray for you. Uh, uh, well, um, uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's Zach. I, um, uh, well, good morning to all of you. Um, I've uh, been fortunate enough to patron in this community with you all uh, for the past year or two. Um, I originally come from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, well, I, I'm born in New York, but by way of Atlanta, Georgia. Atla Atlanta's kind of my home. Um, first came up here uh, for college, went down the street to Bougie Harvard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it, um, it, it was a different experience for me. Uh, I'll leave it at that. It was a different experience for me. And um, since then, ended up uh, being blessed to go to the NFL. Um, while there, um, it, it, was, it was a blessing, but it also was a moment that I realized that um, for me in my life, that there were other things besides uh, financial security that were important. And so uh, I began my career. Um, I decided to leave football. And through mentors and guidance, I ended up back in Boston um, and started working in real estate. Um, and I, I didn't really know much about Boston, to be honest. Never really left campus when I was a student here. Um, and I never really... I grew up in a world that was kind of rough. Um, I grew up in a world that was pretty dark. And the point I'm trying to make is I went to college and my world opened up a little bit. And then I went to the NFL and my world opened up a little bit. And I came here to Boston and my world opened up a little bit. Um, and in reality, um, it wasn't so much my world opened up, but I opened up a bit. Uh, Growing up, I, I learned to have a, a bit of a vicious mentality, and I probably still have a bit of it. Um, but over time, I've been blessed to see my reality open up and my understanding of the world around me open up. This church has been a part of that. Um, almost unfortunately, it's not till like the end that I realized it. Um, but it doesn't remove my gratitude and my thanks. Um, yeah, the, um, I'm not here to preach. That's his job. Um, <laughs> that's, that's his job. But um, I know that I, uh, I often try to sit in the back and uh, you know, let everyone feel their vibe. Um, that's usually just because I don't want to bite no one's head off. Um, but that being said, I... I try to pay attention, I try to listen, I try to see what's going on. Um, this is a blessed community. Uh, it's a blessed community. Um, I don't know, I come from a world that we not, I'm not built, I, this world wasn't built for me to survive, and for many of us here, it wasn't built for us to survive. And I'm not saying that as a racial thing, I'm, I'm saying that just reality, the reality that I know. Um, and 
you guys are thriving. And it may not always feel like it, but you shine brightly. No one knows the pressure a comet faces when it goes through the sky. And so I just wanted to say thank you. I appreciate you. Um, and I wish you all the best. Uh, Would you stand? Let's just pray. Have some of the men gather around as we pray for him. Um, um, Zach, 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 and, and I had a, a great conversation together, and um, and uh, his story is quite amazing. Where he pretty much was on his own since the age of fourteen years old. Um, his his dad died when he was an infant, pretty much, and also he lost his mother and his grandmother, grandfather. Yeah, a lot of people. And he lost a lot of people before the age where he was a sophomore in high school. Um, and all through that, the Lord just blessed him to go to Harvard and play football, go to the NFL, play for the Colts, play for the Rams. And yet even that, the Lord had spoken to him and said, this is not all that I have for you. There are so many people who strive for worldly stuff, and they get it, and they're not happy with it. But really, it's really the Lord calling you into destiny and purposes. And so we want to pray for him as he goes to, uh, to California, as he goes to San Francisco, that uh, this, this move, this, this move is a risk. Um, but yet the Lord has entrusted uh, things into his hands and uh, entrusted great people also to impact the lives of others. So we, we want to lay our hands, brothers, on him. And we want to pray for him, and we want to surround him. We, this, is not, this is not the last that you're going to hear of Zach Hodges. Uh, God, is, God is doing a great work in him. So, Father, we just lay our hands on Zach, Lord. We, if you would stretch your hands this way, Father, we just pray. God, in the, in the spirit, Lord, there is destiny for his life. Lord, thank you that even you have preserved him up to now. Father, he said his world was so dark, but God, thank you for breaking through. Thank you for breaking in. Thank you, Lord, now you're breaking out. And so, Lord, we're just laying our hands upon him, asking you for supernatural favor and supernatural grace. Thank you, Father, that as men would come, Father, we pray that, Lord, just a more light and more light and more light will come as they open their hearts to you. And so, Lord, we pray and we, we commend him to you, Father. Protect him, guide him, shield him from accidents and dangers. I pray, Lord, for the relationships, Lord, that will be around him, that he will establish in San Francisco, California. I pray, God, that you will send godly people in his path. Bring him to a church, a place of worship, a place that will love him, a place that will cause him, Father, to see more light in you. And thank you, God, for what you have done in his, in his life, why he's come to this area and, Father, specifically also to this church. And so thank you, God. We praise you, and, and we anoint him afresh. We thank you, Lord, for your hand being upon him. We lay our hands on him, imparting your strength and grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't stop. Don't stop. Lord, I just lift my son up to you now, Lord. The word says that when your mother and father forsake you, it says then the Lord will take you up. What I know the Lord has taken up, Zach. Even in his darkest time, the light has pierced the darkness. A father wants to see a son do well. You've done well, son. Done well. Hold your head up. I pray, Lord God, that you give him a heart of flesh. That he could see the world through you, Lord God. He could see the mercy and the grace that is, that is extended toward him every day. Lord, as he leaves us, Lord God, keep him. Make him to know that you're always with him. No matter what, you're with him. May your word guide his feet, light his path.
And maybe he desire you, Lord God, like the deer panted after the waters, Lord God. That even as he goes out west, Lord God, that he makes his mark. He walks in your purpose. He knows without a doubt that you're with him. You've always been with him. But as any father, I just want to bless him. Be with him, Lord, always. Be with my son, always. Keep him. At night, noonday, daytime, be with him, Lord. Just make him to know. Make him to know. Make him to know that you are the only true and wise God. And so now I'll put him in your hands as he leaves this place, Lord God. And I know you'll keep him. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, thank you for standing. Now you can stand up again for the word. All right, let's go to let's go let's go to the word. Let's go to Joshua chapter three. Joshua chapter three. And we're going to read a little bit, Joshua chapter three. So if you have a Bible, iPad, cell phone, or nothing, you still be able to read with us because we should have it on the screen. Okay? I want to talk to you about preparing for God's next. Preparing for God's next. Do you know God has a next? He has a next. Often what happens, we ask why. We ask why. God does not always explain why. But he'll tell you what's next. And I think we need to also ask the question, especially if something happens that we weren't expecting we can say, God, I don't know why it happened, but I certainly know you have a next. Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 to 5 says, early in the morning. Somebody say, early in the morning. How do you know the morning does come? Weeping may endure for a night, but the morning does come. The Bible says, joy in the morning comes. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out for Shittim and went to Jordan, and they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord God, your God, and the Levites' priests, Levitical priests, carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep your distance about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. And Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing. Can you say amazing? Amazing Amazing things among you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us insight, revelation of you and what you desire to do. We pray, God, that you would speak into our hearts, give us clarity of thought in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. Today starts the 21-day consecration. Today we start the 21-day consecration. If you've never been uh, with us uh, during a season of consecration, um, you, you probably don't have any point of reference for what we've been doing. But if you've been here for a while, uh, we've been doing consecration for well over a decade. Um, when, we, when I started doing consecrations um, and the Lord brought the church into a season of prayer, specifically in the month of January, the Lord, the Lord said to me, if you start with me in the first, I surely will be with you in the last. That putting what is first is important. Um, the principle of first things is all through the Bible. Um, the Lord had always commanded Israel to put him first. He says, you, you need to know that I'm the God that brought you out of Egypt and you should have no other gods before me. 
He called them to understand that you didn't live by bread alone, but you live by every word that proceeds out of my mouth. And therefore, putting him first is essential principle for every believer. And so the, the theme of, of, of sacrifice as well as fasting begins in our first uh, period of the year because I believe it sets precedence for what will happen in the later parts of the year. It's not a guarantee that you won't go through trouble. trouble. It's not a guarantee that you'll never face obstacles. It's not a guarantee that you'll, you'll just kind of go through riding on a bed of ease, as it were, through the year of 2020. But in it all, you will see God moving in your life, even in the most distressing and difficult times. And so we want to make sure that we are in step with God and that we bring everyone into a place and set the table, as it were, for everybody to experience God in a fresh new way in the beginning of the year. And because this is a new decade, it's not just a new year, it's a new decade. It's a new decade. It's, it's, a, it's new for, for a lot of reasons. And so we need to be prepared for what God is going to do next. Different times of fasting were done in the scriptures for different reasons. Some fasting was done because there needed to be repentance, meaning that when, when, people, when the people have drifted away from God, illustration would be when Jonah was called to go to Nineveh, Nineveh was a wicked city that God was ready to destroy him. But the message was if they would repent, and Jonah's message was if you repent, if you, if you turn to God in fasting and prayer, and don't, not, not necessarily just you, but don't let your dogs eat. Don't let your animals eat. Don't let nobody should be eating because the seriousness and the gravity of what we're facing demands a sacrifice. Do you know that there's sometimes in our lives where we are in a place of grave, grave danger, concerns, problems, burdens that, you know what, you got to throw everything to the side and say, God, I'm going to put everything aside because I know that I need you to deliver me. Can I get a witness in the building? See, there's some things that you can't get yourself out of. There's some things that you can't think yourself out of. You can't get no advice to get out of it. You have to ask, say, God, if you don't get me out of this, could I get a witness in the building? If you, if you don't change the circumstance, change the situation, call something to order that is out of order, nothing's going to be accomplished. And so there, there are times of fasting where in the Bible, as you're reading scripture, and I trust that you're reading scripture, that as you're seeing people fast and they're denying themselves of food, there are different reasons and God will respond to them. God will respond to them. Um, he said in Isaiah 58, he said, is this not the fast that I've chosen to, to loosen, the, loosen the, the, the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the press go free? Is it not to, to break every yoke that enslaves you? And if you find something that you can't get free from, fasting is a way to break it. Fasting is a way to break it. You, you, you can break some chains in fasting. And so fasting is done for different reasons. But this kind of fast that we are on is a fasting to prepare ourselves for what is next. Not simply the things that we're going through currently. Not simply the things that we're dealing with in our past. But what is God going to do next? So here they are. They're ready to cross Jordan. They're at the place where Moses has died. Joshua is now leading. And now they get to the place where they're ready to cross Jordan. And you would think that God would hurry up. That he would do a quick thing and get them into the promised land. But, you know, he says, no, I'm going to I'm going to delay for a minute and I'll make you wait and prepare for the crossing. And do you know that this is also a time where you're not thinking simply about your food that you're missing. You're saying, God, I'm going to wait on you. See, in the old time church, we used to have times where we waited on God. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Anybody know the old time church? We used to wait on God. In the, in the season of apps, quick things that we want, quick responses that we need, sometimes God would just say, you know, I have a response, but I'm going to make you wait. And you need to wait on God. In fact, waiting gives you strength when you wait on God. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, he says, They that wait upon the Lord 
shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of an eagle, run and not be weary and walk and not faint. There is a place where you have to wait on God. I wish I, could, I wish I wish that God would actually do it in a moment. But he doesn't always do it that way. Sometimes you just got to wait on him. And these are one of the moments the children of Israel had to wait on God. And the waiting on God was important for their preparation. So I want to say, share a few things with you about the fast to kind of give you some perspective of what it means to prepare yourself for what God's next. The first thing that we see in the passage of scripture is that uh, Joshua gets up early in the morning. Somebody say early in the morning. How many of you are early risers? Not by choice. Not by choice. Joshua gets up early in the morning. Um, what, I, what I'm intrigued about this Joshua getting up early in the morning, Joshua learned that from Moses. That Moses was one who got up early in the morning to seek the face of God. That there is a, there's a principle of waking up early in the morning and getting before God. Now, if you don't do that, nobody condemns you. If your time with God is at night, praise the Lord that you have time at night. But in the passage, we see that there is a principle here that the practice of getting before God was in Joshua's life before he took leadership and it continued as he went in his leadership. Because getting before God, there's something about getting before God and hearing his voice before you hear the chatter on the Internet. Before you hear all the stuff that goes on on the emails, before you get out there and you hear all the honking of the horns and the people walking around and, and all the things that you got to deal with around you. There's something about when you hear the voice of God in the morning. That when you hear his voice, you're getting direction for the day. Um, he, he gives you an understanding of what you need for the day. Um, in, in fact, it's the principle where the Lord would feed the children of Israel as they walked through the, mid, uh, they walked through the wilderness in the morning. They went out and got their manna in the morning. The most important meal you could ever eat is breakfast. Because you break the fast. For eight hours, nine hours, ten hours, however long you've been sleeping, your body needs the fuel so you can get started. Now, folks don't always eat breakfast, and I understand that. They're, they're, you know, everybody's, everybody's body is different. But I do understand the importance of eating after you have not eaten for a long time. It's important to understand the fast is really not simply about giving up your food or giving up your coffee, God forbid. You know, or giving up your cheese nips or your junk food or your, or your lollipops or your french fries. Oh, Jesus, help me. Don't, don't, get in my, don't get in my stuff now. Leave my french fries alone. That's a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm giving up the French fries. Don't worry about it. But whatever it is, you understand. We, we get so worried about giving up the food that we miss the real soul food. You don't hear what I'm saying? It's time to get some food for your soul. Can I get a witness in the building? It's time for me to get some soul food, some food for my soul. That in the morning, my soul needs to rise up. My soul needs to bless the Lord. My soul needs to be fed. My soul needs encouragement. My soul needs inspiration. My soul needs to be watered. Does anybody's soul need that? Bless the Lord, oh what? My soul and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. My soul blesses you. God wants to feed your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. There's food for your soul. And the practice of that is to get in his presence. Uh, during the fast, I want to encourage you, get up and seek the Lord. It doesn't have to be a long time. First thing before you put your feet on the floor, 
just, just, just for a moment, give him praise. We think that it takes a lot. All we have to do is just say, Lord, I just thank you. Just before you just stand up out of your bed. Come on now. Just, just before, you just, before you just do anything and turn on, or turn on your, your phone or anything, just say, Lord, I just thank you that I can stand up. Lord, I bless you that I can stand up on my feet. I bless you that you watch over me during the night. I, I bless you, Lord, that today, Lord, all my faculties are in place. Lord, I thank you, Lord, because, God, you've been good to me. God, you brought me from last night into today, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I give you praise. I, I magnify your name. And, I, and if you start doing that, you're going to start seeing some things change. Because you started off with God. I don't know how people do it. How they go all day without even talking to God. It's a lonely road out there when you don't talk to God. It's a difficult road anyway, but it's really difficult when you don't talk to God. So in this fast, I want to encourage you. Make God a priority. All right. Secondly, when we see this, this principle of Joshua, uh, how, how they're ready to go into the, the promised land. They certainly have to cross over the, the River Jordan. So the Lord gives them instruction. And it's important that you have perspective. Say perspective, perspective. You've got to have perspective. The fast is not just about fasting. Because we can get caught up in what we're missing. Oh, you know what, I, I, I can't eat my candy. Oh, you know what, I can't eat my ice cream. Oh, you know what, I feel miserable. And, and you know what, I really need, I really need that, that double pump coffee. I really need something. We can get lost in all of that. But here's what, here's what Joshua was told. He said, when, you, when the people begin to, about to cross over, I, I want them to keep their eyes on the Ark of the Covenant. I want, you, I want them to, when you see the Ark of the Covenant go before you, I want you to assemble yourselves and go after it. Somebody say, go after it. The perspective is to keep your eyes on what God is doing. What, what is he doing? What is he doing in your life? What is he doing with your marriage? What is he doing with your family? What, what is he doing? Not what the devil's doing. There ain't no devil in this. We'll get to him. This, this is now what God, what I, here's what I asked before, before I step up. God, show me what you're doing so I can participate in what you're doing. I don't want to work against God. I want to work with God. God. Do you know God wants to use you in some very significant ways, some very significant places, this, this is the time where you have to tune your ears, God. What, what are you doing? Jesus said this when he prayed. He said, I, 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 the things that I do is because I see the Father doing it. And the things that I say because I hear the Father saying it. What is the Father saying? And what is he doing? Now, I know you talk about what the devil is doing. I heard that before. Because we're easy to talk about what we're going through and what the, what the enemies and the people and all the stuff that we go through. But ask the Lord, Lord, show me what you're doing. And if you start, start saying that, Lord, show me, he's going to show you what he's doing. And now be careful that once he starts leading and guiding and doing, you don't sit there and watch. You just have to go after what he's doing. This is your year to go after what God is doing. I'll say it again. I don't know if you heard me. This is the year to go after what he's doing. He's doing something. I trust me. He's doing something. And he's doing something with you. He's doing something with your job. He's doing something. That, cooperate with what he is doing. Don't be a person to work against what God is doing. But open your eyes. And when he starts to move, don't sit there like a bump on a log. Just say, God, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. Do I got a witness here? Do I got a witness? How, how many ready to go with God during this fast? You, you got to go with God. Just, just say, I got to go with God. He's going to show you some things. And so as they go out, and they're supposed to be looking at the ark, and you'll see it listed 14 times between chapter, chapter 3 and chapter 4, they're actually told, when you see that ark, 
stop moving. Third thing is, he says to them, all right, now we're going to prepare for what's next, and we have to understand protocol. Somebody say protocol, protocol, a protocol. There's protocol in, in basically every organization. There is a protocol, a system of rules, a system of operation of how, to, how things actually are going to work. Did you not know it, that all the things that we carry that are digital, whether it's a, a, a laptop computer, an iPad, or a telephone, or your cell phone, if it doesn't have a protocol that works to communicate, they, they, they won't work. Right? That's why you have on your computer, you have an IP address. Isn't that, anybody know what IP address? How many know what IP means? IP. No, not IP, but IP. <laughs> well, I do pee. But, at the end of it, but IP address, IP address, what's the matter? You pee too? Because uh, uh, if you don't, you're going to have a problem up in here, right? You, you okay? Hey, guys, okay? We just want to make sure our definitions are right. But you have an internet protocol. Right? Or you have an FTP, or you have an SMTP, or you have an HTTP. Now, all you computer geeks, you all know what that is. That if you don't have those protocols, there's no way that the language is going to work to communicate to anything so that when you press the button, nothing works. You can't send an email because it doesn't work. You can't get an email, nothing works. You can't send it to a wireless printer because there's nothing that works. And do you know that folks don't understand protocol, and that's why their life ain't working? You don't want me to go up in there, do you? See, see, protocol, if you understand God's protocol, something will work for you. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. There, there's a protocol that you have to follow. That, that God said, look, if you follow my prescribed protocol, some amazing things are going to happen to you. Now, all of us don't necessarily want to follow God's protocol. We want to say, God, you do it just because I want it. He said, no, 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 no. You're going to do it because this is my protocol. A protocol was this. He said, consecrate yourself, for the Lord will do amazing things among you. Can you say that with me? Consecrate yourself, for the Lord will do amazing, meaning that, there's a promise and there's a condition. The protocol is pivotal to the promise happening. So what is this consecration really about? The consecration was not simply to set apart, which that's what it means consecrate. The consecration was really about them washing and changing their clothes. Washing, changing their clothes. Now, how did Joshua understand this, that this consecration was about them washing and changing their clothes? Well, because God set a protocol back in Mount Sinai. You can read it yourself, Exodus chapter 19. And in Exodus chapter 19, the Lord said, I'm going to come down. And when I come down from that mountain, they're going to hear me talking to you, Moses. They're going to they're hear me talking to you. And uh, when they hear me talking to you, I want you to consecrate them and wash their clothes. Washing the clothes and washing their bodies was significant of a new beginning. Because at Mount Sinai, that is the place where they became actually a covenant people. That's history. They were in the wilderness. And all the way even back in Egypt... And the Lord saying, you're my covenant people. Do you know that God's people are covenant people? Oh, I didn't hear no amens on that one. We're not just anybody. We're covenant people. The reason why God stands by his promise is because we have a covenant with him. The reason why you have a Bible that says Old Testament and New Testament, the testament is the covenant of God. So that when I stand on the basis of what the word says, I'm standing in covenant with God. I'm standing on an agreement with God. We do covenants all the time, don't we? That if you want to get credit, 
Anybody know what that is? If you want to get credit, right, you have to sign a covenant. They don't just give you credit because you look nice. You have to stand in covenant. You have to sign a document that has a whole bunch of words on it that you don't understand. But one thing you need to understand, if you spend it, you got to pay it back. That's what you got to understand. It's a covenant. Marriage is a covenant. Come on now. You don't, you don't leave somebody, you don't leave your spouse because they burnt the hamburger. You don't, you don't leave your spouse because something happened that you didn't like. It's a covenant between one another and God. And when God makes covenant to us, covenant with us, he understands that with that comes protocol. With that comes protocol. So Moses calls them to stand and wash their clothes, change their clothes for the new beginning. It's a new beginning that means it's also change on my part. You can't have a new beginning if you don't want change. We want God to bring us to places and the situations that change, but we don't change. Why would God bring them to a new situation if they're just going to do the old, same old thing? He doesn't bring you the same. He wants you to be different. So he's transforming them. And he says, all right, to Joshua, Joshua, tell those folks that they need to understand the protocol of changing in order to receive the blessing. Now, this is not brownie points with God. This is really about receiving what God has for you. Let me give you another illustration. Joseph is in prison, and he's in prison for being accused of rape. You ever read that story? How many of you read that story of Joseph, right? He's in, he's in the prison being accused of rape. And while he's in prison, he has some buddies there, a baker and a cupbearer. They have dreams, and he interprets their dreams. And he interprets one person's fate and one ter- person's blessing. But Joseph had a pact with them and said, know what, when, when, when you come up before Pharaoh, don't forget me. Don't, don't forget me. Don't, don't you forget me. But when they got into, the, into, the, into Pharaoh's court, they, they forgot him. They forgot him and left him in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. He was with Joseph even in the prison. Aren't you glad he was with Joseph even in the prison? And while he's in the prison, some years later, the, the, the Pharaoh has a dream. And it's a dream that there's going to be a severe famine. Now, you can read all about the type of dream that he had. But he has a, severe, he has a dream of a severe famine going to hit Egypt. And he's looking for someone to interpret what he's seeing. And the cupbearer and, and those, those men, the man who says, look, uh, who was alive because they killed, they killed one of them. So he says, look, they killed the baker, correct? They killed the baker. And the cupbearer says, you know what? I remember this guy, Joseph, who can interpret dreams. And he says, OK, bring this guy up because he can tell us what we need to do. He can tell us what our next is. So Joseph comes out of prison and. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14, gives a powerful statement. I'm going to write on this one. It tells us that when Joseph was ushered out of prison, he shaved and he changed his clothes. Why was that important? Because he knew the protocol. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. He knew what the protocol was that he could not come into Pharaoh's courts with the same kind of clothes on that he had in prison. Oh, my goodness. And, and you know what? You're going to have to do some changing if you want to come into the very gates and praise and worship. He said, put on the garment of praise. See, if you want to get into the presence of God, don't come in mad and sad. Come in with the garment of praise for the spirit of heaven. Your spirit is heavy. You need to praise him all the more. You don't need to come and say, oh, how dry I am and how tired I am. You need to let's lift your hands to God and say, God, I'm putting on a garment of praise for my spirit that's heavy. To break the heaviness 
You got to put on a new garment. You got to change your clothes. You got to change your clothes. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you got some changes to do this year. You got some changes to make this year. Take off them old clothes. You got some changes to make this year. Take off them clothes. Take off them garments. Don't be like Lazarus walking around town with grave clothes on after Jesus resurrected you. Didn't he say that? Told him, told him, folks, after he called him out of, out of, out of, the, out of this, the grave, he said, now, loose that man, let him go and take off those grave clothes. It's time for a makeover. Anybody ever see a makeover on television where the person goes in and, 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 and then they go through a whole makeup, makeover, and their family sees them and says, oh, my goodness, under all of that, was that? I don't believe it. God, God doesn't see us just the way we are. He sees us what we shall be. Come on now, what we shall be. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doesn't yet appear what we shall be. But we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him just like he is. I, I'm not all there yet, but I'm asking God to change me. I am. I'm asking, I said, God, you've got you to do some makeovers here. I, there's some ugly spots right here. There's some, there's some blemishes. There's some, gray, there's some gray hairs I can't pull out. Do something with it. Jacob started his new beginning in Genesis chapter 35. He started a brand new beginning. Jacob, the huckster, the trickster, the liar, the cheater, he started a new beginning because when he went to Bethel, oh my, you know what Bethel means? The house of God. Do you know that when you're in the house of God, you're in a place that where God can change you and make you and set you free and, and work on your life and set you in a place where you're established. And if there's a problem in your life, he can deal with your issue. That's in the house of God. Bethel, the house of God. This is time for protocol. And changing our lives. And so Paul says it this way. He says, take off, the, put off the old man. And put on the new man, which is created in Christ. But fourthly is the promise. Somebody say the promise. The promise. The Lord said, I'm I'm going to do amazing things among you. Amazing. Amazing. There is is an amazing thing that God wants to do this year. This year. Um, But the amazing thing that God wants to do may not come without a battle. It may not come without a battle. In fact, it won't come without a battle. Because Joshua is all about battling for the amazing thing. It's not about just the battle. It's about receiving the amazing thing. To, to get our house built was a battle. But I kept the amazing thing ahead of me. I kept the idea, said, you know what? This is going to be amazing. Was I tired? Yep. We ran out of money three times. No matter how much we planned, they said the price goes up. But I said, God, you're going to do an amazing thing. He did it. Now, if he does the amazing thing, which he does, you have to understand it's his amazing thing, not yours. Oh, my. See, you're not, you're not going to be able to say you were so smart to get the amazing thing. Or you fasted and prayed to get the amazing thing. Or you sacrificed these days to get the amazing You're going to say to God be the glory, great thing. You're going to lift your hands up and say, God, I glorify you. 
I don't know how I got the job, but God, I glorify you. I don't know how you opened the door, but God, I glorify you. I don't know how this relationship got healed, but God, I glorify you. I I don't know how it happened, but God, I glorify you. Because God, you're not always telling me the why, but you're telling me what's next. I'm ready for an amazing promise to be fulfilled from God. How about you? Are you ready for that? Some of y'all ain't ready for that. Are y'all ready for that? I'm ready for some amazing things for God to do. And I want you to understand fasting prepares us for that amazing thing. Now, let me go to, let me go to fasting, okay? Let me just kind of talk about it just a little bit. Um, you're going to have a, a pamphlet that's available to you. It's online, but also we have some in the rear of the sanctuary on the table to my right. Okay, so I think somebody got my booklet somewhere. Do I have it? No, maybe I got it up here. Hang on. I got it. It looks like this. Isn't this wonderful? Sister Tonya said, let me make this really nice so they won't realize how hungry they are. (laughs) (laughs) So while, while you're hungry, just read this. But anyway, it's, it's, fast. It's, a fasting, it's a fasting outline. Okay, it has all the contents listed in here. I mean, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. So, here's what I realized about the fast. I know that many, many people in the room um, have dietary restrictions. Okay? And they have different needs for their own physical bodies. Right? So, If you cannot fast for 21 days like a Daniel fast, don't put yourself through misery. Don't come in here sick. Oh, I'm fasting. No. No, because you don't need need prayer for healing. You need prayer for some sense. Because nobody's telling you to get sick or fasting. Okay? Um, So you have to use wisdom. And you have to use some understanding of what your body needs. At the same token, at the same token, it is a sacrifice. Right? So maybe your fast might look like this. Cut off all social media. No, no social media. It might be, all right, you can't cut off the emails because if you work and you have to have emails, you know, you've got to deal with emails. It's just as simple as that. But you don't have to watch good times on TV. You don't have to watch the news. You know, you, don't may, you may not have to watch sitcoms or, or, or movies. Or, you can cut all that out. That's a fast. Come on now. And, 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 and while you're cutting out food, there are certain foods your body does not need. Right? Sugar is something your body may not need. So, you know, cut, cut the sugar out. Cut the, if your body may not need the coffee, cut the coffee out. But you make a sacrifice because you want your focus to really be on God and, and pray while you're fasting. Don't just cut out food. Pray while you're fasting. Read God's word while you're fasting. Get something for your soul, okay? Is that all right? So we have three listed fasts. We have Daniel, we have partial fast, and we have, okay, and if you're really into it, you can do the liquid fast. You can do liquid fast for 21 days. I ain't getting no amens on that one. Everybody <laughs> said, Bishop, you by yourself if you do that one. All right, but you want to drink plenty of water. All right, you want to drink plenty of water. Your body's going to cry out for water, cry out for fluid. Don't drink a lot of highly caffeinated um, drinks or sugary drinks. Drink water. Tell your neighbor, drink water. Drink water. I know you don't like water, but it's the best thing for your body in a fast. You need to drink plenty of water. Hydrate, 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 okay? Because when you start off your fast, it's not going to be strange to feel lightheaded. It's not going to be strange to feel lightheaded. Oh, I feel a little woozy. Let me get a hamburger. No. <laughs> no. All right. Just because you get a little, little woozy or the shakes, that don't mean you run, you run to, you know, Tasty Burger. All right. That might mean you just need some water. You may need something to kind of take the edge off, but certainly use wisdom as you do it. There's no problem with that. Eat plenty of vegetables. Eat, eat plenty of fruits and vegetables. Um, and while you're doing that, uh, we do have a recipe 
I think we have some recipes. I shouldn't say recipes, but we have some things that you can eat. So they have from uh, legumes to fruit to vegetables, liquids you can drink. Um, and we have, uh, oh, we do have a Daniel Fast menu. So in the morning for breakfast, salads, soups, even sandwiches. I said breakfast, right? I said breakfast. They have salads. But if you're on Mediterranean diet, you eat salads in the morning. If you're on Mediterranean diet. All, all my Israel folks say amen. We had, we had salads in the morning. Wonderful. Because when you're eating, eating um, foods that have um, fiber in it, you're going to feel full and you're not going to get real hungry. See, if you get really hungry, you're going to stop binge eating. You're going to say, this fast is killing me. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you. So, you know, as you're, as you're doing your, your, your shopping, just be mindful of what you're buying, what you're, what you're eating. And what may help you is if you go through your cupboards, if there are things that you shouldn't eat, throw it out. Donate it to who? Chips. I'm not, I'm not giving you my chips. <laughs> <laughs> but you can donate you can donate food you can donate food to, to shelters or places like that that you should not be eating okay so on your fast you want to journal just journal don't have to write a book what did God say what is he doing what are you sensing while you're fasting record what he's speaking to you Write down prayers that you desire to have answered. Does anybody write their prayers? I, I do. I start writing my prayers. God, this is what I really need you to answer. Write down your, your ambitions and desires. God will do that too. You want to do something in your life that will bring wellness to you? Write it down. Lord, I, I, I got to ask my boss for two weeks off. He never gave me two weeks off before, but the Lord said, well, ask him. And if he fires you, I'll take care of you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he will say. But you know what I'm saying? It, it will give you the understanding that God will do some things for you that you're putting before him. Now, we always do reading in a time of fasting, okay? Everybody say reading. 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 You, you want to make sure you read. So we have something for you to read, okay? It's this book called Kingdom Disciples. Now, I'm not asking you to read this and finish it by the fast. Because folks say, I can't read that, can't read that fast. And it's okay. Um, but... You want to make sure that you read this because when we start talking about discipleship, there's common language that we need to have. And if you don't understand the language of discipleship, it's going to be hard to get a grasp on what we're talking about. Right? Are you there? Where's all my readers? Ain't my readers here? Ain't my readers? Okay, even if you're not a reader, get a book. And read, and read the book. Read, read it together with your spouse. Just, just talk, because this book is going to change your perspective of what it really means to, to be a representative of Christ in the earth. This is, this is written by Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans. He's a tremendous writer on discipleship and stewardship. And you really need to read this because he talks very specifically of what it really means to be a kingdom disciple. This book actually changed my perspective of how I live every day. That there's not a day where I said, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. God, I want to do what you want done. There's something that God wants done in your business, your family, this church, and he can't do it apart from you. Because he's not going to send an angel. Gabriel's not coming to do it. Michael's not, you don't want Michael to come anyway because he just, he just destroys everything anyhow. But he calls the body of Christ 
to understand the principle of what he's doing in the earth so that they can be the representatives in the earth. That's why I want you to read the book. Okay? So when we talk about fasting and prayer, I want to, first of all, bless you on the fast. Because the devil is going to fight you. Get ready for a fight. Your flesh is going to fight you. From tonight, the devil is going to fight you because he doesn't want you to succeed. But he's a liar. He is a liar. He's a liar. He's not going to see because this is the year of the overcomer. This is the year of the overcomer. This is the year of the overcomer. There's something that God is calling for you to do that you're going to have to overcome in order to receive all that he has. So today, I want to pray for those who say, you know, I'm going to step into the season of fasting because I know God has something next. And I know I haven't been that this been this way before. I'm a little nervous about going in this direction. I'm a little nervous about this this thing that's ahead of me. I'm a little nervous about this mountain that's ahead of me. But yet I'm going to take the step of faith because I'm going to walk in what God has for me next. If that's you this morning, I want to pray over your life for this time of fasting, these next 21 days, that God will begin to show himself strong and that you'll have the amazing thing that God has given to you. Is that okay? Let's stand, let's stand and let's pray. If you want prayer for that, would you just gather to the front real quick because we're going to have a time of worship and uh, it's early, so we're going to have a time of worship. But if you really need prayer and say, God, I I need to be ready for the amazing thing. I don't want to be stuck in the old thing. I don't want to be stuck in the old stuff. I don't want to be resistant to what he's doing. I want to be just open to what God has for me. I want to just be open to what he is doing because it's going to be quite amazing. Amazing. And you don't have to be from this church to come to this altar because God is bigger than this church. He's a kingdom God. He's a kingdom God. He's a kingdom God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you would you lift your would you lift your hands like you're receiving something from the Lord? And the something really is, it's it's really the strength that He wants to impart to you, and it's a grace that He wants to bring into your life. It's it's a It's something that he says, you know, I'll bless you. I'll endow you. Father, we just, Lord, come this this morning, Father, thanking you that as we have entered into 2020, Lord, a new decade, a new season. Lord, we realize, Lord, time is fleeting by. And so, Lord, we want to be about your business and we want to be faithful We want to be your children, Lord, that really represents you well in the earth. And Father, Lord, we realize, Lord, that there are are so many things that tempt us, that pull us, that distract us, that get in the way of the progress of doing all that you have designed us to be and do. But Lord, today we put our stake in the ground, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this time of fasting. We just, we just, Lord, we just commit our ways to you, commit ourselves to you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that uh, those, Lord, who have just physical struggles, Lord, just uh, with their eating and with their, their diets and, and even as they work, Father, there's some that do strenuous work and they need energy to do that. But God, we're going to find a way to honor you in this. We're going to find ways to honor you in this. So whatever, whatever we have to deny ourselves of to, to honor you, let, let us, Lord, take the courage and the steps to do that. I, I pray, Lord, that even as, God, we fast, Lord, there'll be healings that come into our bodies. Father, from the crown of our head, that you'll regulate, oh, God, high blood pressure. And God, that you minister, Lord, in area with his diabetes. And, and, Lord, Father, that, God, that if we have, Father, arthritis, that, God, you'll just take it out of our bones, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, we'll hear a word from you, God, that will give us, Lord, a mindset and a shift, Father, about everything we do and everything we touch. We are your children today, God. We love you today, God. We're not fasting, Father, for just what we have now, but, God, we know something big is on the horizon. So, Lord, we just thank you. May we get up every day with a praise on our lips. 
Lord, we want to praise you. Start off the day in praise. Start off the day in worship. Before our feet hit the ground, we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless you at all times and let your praises. Let this church explode in praise, Lord, to explode, Lord, that when the worship team gets up here, they can't stop us from praising you. That God, you'll break us out in praise and God, you'll break us through in praise. That the walls will come down through praise, God. That we'll just be praising you in such a way that Jericho will never be able to stand up against us thank you for doing miracles God and so Lord we're opening ourselves and opening our hearts even as Zach said today he saw light because he just opened himself to you thank you for the greater light the greater victory the greater purpose so thank you for the strength Lord and so we come today in your name thank you for the protocol that we are called to to change our clothes change our lives we thank you God for victory this year think victory on our left victory on our right victory ahead of us and victory behind us I give you praise and so Lord would you bless would you bless abundantly your people abundantly abundantly Lord abundantly increase 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 of your presence increase of your blessing and we give you praise we give you the honor we give you the glory that you so deserve and would you give God a praise for the amazing things that he's going to do come on give him a real praise for the amazing things that he's going to do hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's just praise him. God, we praise you for the amazing thing. Praise you for the amazing thing. The amazing thing. The amazing thing, Lord. I remember we were, we, my wife and I were standing in prayer. And we, we were just praying because as we're going through the construction process and we ran out of money, um, we just said, Lord, you, you, we, don't, we can't go any further than this unless you do something. So I went to, I went to a, bank, a bank, the bank, um, and a guy named Steve Mello met with us. And um, he saw us before, and I said, I'm back again. He said, well, what happened? I said, well, the, the cost had gone up because we had some unforeseen things that were happening. And, um, and my wife, she was praying. She got a word from the Lord. She said, there's going to be a no. But even in the no, if we keep moving, there's going to be a yes. So there was a no. And then we just said, all right, God, we're going to do whatever we need to do that we can do. And so as we kept just trying to do what we could do with what we had, because we didn't have enough to finish it, the man called us back and said, well, you know, um, if you have reserves, we can give you this money. And I say, if we had reserves, I wouldn't have to ask you for the money. <laughs> I said, well, I said, that's kind of crazy. And so we said, okay, do you count retirement money as reserves? He said, not really, but in your case, we will. <laughs> and passed us right through. See, many times you're going to hear no. But if God says yes. If God, if God says yes. If God says yes. You better hang on to God's yes. The promises of God are yes and amen in here. If God says yes, you hang on to the yes. Hang on to it. Hang on to it. You want to say something? just want to encourage you that as you are 
taking off. Some of us, it's old clothes God is asking us to take off. But those clothes are comfortable. We've gotten used to them. They know every groove in our body. They know yeah. us. Those, you know, you get that comfortable pair of sweats or that shirt you like to throw on. You really need to throw it out, right? But it fits you just so. So as you're changing those clothes, be conscious that when you put on some mm. new things, sometimes some of us like new things. Like, I love new clothes. I just, you know, something about new stuff, you know. You see my new boots this morning? See, you know, hey, it's warm. And I said, I'm wearing my new boots anyway, because the Lord wanted us to start something. Mm. He wanted me to do something new. And I didn't know what he was preaching today. So I needed to put on something new today. As you're putting on those new clothes, Mama Rose, as you're putting on those new clothes, as you're putting on those new clothes, be conscious that this is something new. It's not going to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Don't go by how you feel. It's good. Don't go by how you feel. Mm -hmm. You'll get stuck in your feelings. Mm -hmm. It's good. Don't get stuck in your feelings. As you put on that new thing, Understand, it's for the next God has called you to. For the next. As you open up that fasting booklet, thank you, Tanya. Come on. It caused us to see this fast with fresh eyes. So see this time of fasting, however you choose to fast. And there's no guilt. And if you want to do a combination and you want to do liquids, if you've never done a liquid fast, I would challenge you, do it one day. If you physically, if your doctor says it's okay. Try it one day. Try it one meal. Try it. Try it. Don't just default to the Daniel fast. Whatever fast you're used to doing, try something different. Change mm-hmm. it up. Change it up. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, change it up. Change it up. Tell somebody else, say, change it up. 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 Change. Change it up. The changing of the clothes makes us change it up. The changing of our worship. You're not used to raising your hands. You're not used to opening your mouth. Change it up. Change it up. We're about to enter into worship again in a few minutes. Change it up. Change it up. And watch and see the next God has in store for you. Would you just lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm ready for my next. Ready for my next. Tell them one more time. Say, Lord, Lord, I'm ready for my next. I'm ready for my next. Now tell your neighbor before you go back to your seat. Say, neighbor, I'm ready for my next. Neighbor, tell them I'm ready. I'm ready, ready for, for my next. next. Come on, tell them I'm, I'm ready, ready for, for my next. next. I'm ready for my next. I'm ready for my next. Come on, keep saying that as you head back to your seat. I'm ready for my next. I'm ready for my next. Ready for my next. I'm ready for my next. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yes, yes. Amen. As we get ready to receive our offering and we're going to enter into worship again, we're ready for our next. I just want to bring some things to your reminder, some things to your reminder.